0: hey everyone charity here from hello sweetie podcast network shows the box and spoonful of podcast and i wanted to let you know about a very cool thing that's happening in our community the utah film center is having a benefit may 3rd at seven thirty p.m at east high school They'll be celebrating the 15th anniversary of Napoleon Dynamite with a special screening as well as fan favorite members of the cast and crew reuniting after the film for a lively moderated conversation. You can expect to see the likes of John Heater, who plays Napoleon, Efren Ramirez, who plays Pedro, Aaron Royal, who is Kip, as well as director-writer Jared Hess, writer Jerusha Hess, and producer-editor Jeremy Kuhn. There will also be memorabilia from the film on exhibit at the site. Now, Hello, Sweetie Podcast Network is giving away two general admission passes to this fundraising event. You can go to Hello, Sweetie Podcast Network on Facebook for the details of how you can win those passes. And in the meantime, view the complete screening schedule and become a Utah Film Center member at utahfilmcenter.org. Proceeds from this event support the nonprofit Utah Film Center.
1: and welcome to the newest episode of the Push My Buttons Games podcast. I'm Luke Hunsaker, your host, with my
2: new co-host. New guy. New guy. Dungeon Master Mike. Yeah. Well, I don't know. It's kind of weird that you call me a new host because, I mean, I've been on your podcast before.
1: I mean, not just not this podcast.
2: (laughs) Just so that everyone knows, (laughs) we are simultaneously, well, not me, but Luke is simultaneously playing... uh, This is number two, right? Yeah, Sonic the Hedgehog 2. Sonic the Hedgehog 2. But he's got the craziest setup. So you've got the Sega Genesis. Yes. Stacked with the Sega 32X. Correct. Which, so that for people who don't know, it was basically like an amplifier performance.
1: Yeah, well, you can play uh, it. It was basically like supposed to be another console back in the day. But budget Um, cuts and everything. But uh, And it was something that Sega of Japan really pushed. Uh, Sega of America was like, don't, don't, don't do it. Um, oh,
2: it was. You can look at it as kind of like the Nintendo 64 expansion pack that came with. Yeah, Donkey kind Kong of. 64. But it,
1: but what it did is it took the uh, the original Sega Genesis was a 16-bit system, and this turned it into a 32-bit. Um, a 32-bit. Well, you can still play the 16-bit games. It said it amplified the color and the sound and stuff of the original Genesis games, <laughs> but um, like, I mean, it did kind of. So um,
2: which which basically means uh, I like how your dad outlogicked your six year- old. yes. Mind. Th-
1: so this this is all I just got this 32x. It has been a dream of mine since I was like eight years old.
2: And your experience has not changed <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, My dad out me me uh, by saying, uh, he I told him that I really wanted a 32x and he said, why do you want a 32x? I said, I can play new Sega games. He's like, I'm not gonna buy you new Sega games. And I said, "Oh, it's okay. It can play the ones that I that I have now too." And he's like, "Well, then why do you need a new one?"
2: <laughs> and I was like, "Damn, uh, damn dad logic. For, parents for the win." Um, uh, so, so he's got the Sega Genesis. He's got the 32x on top of that, and then on top of that, he's got the Game Genie, <laughs> and then on top of that well it would have been cool if you had the sonic and knuckles yeah i i
1: I have that and that was my original plan was to use the sonic and knuckles but i think um, that's going to overload the system yeah uh, yeah combust i just wanted to see if it worked honestly and then i kind of started um
2: down the rabbit hole of playing sonic 2. (laughs) (laughs) so so with the game genie and then sonic 2 luke is going to be playing as we are recording because Believe it or not, this is going to cover a topic that we want to discuss. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> oh, man. So right now, he's got 62 lives. Each <laughs> ring that he collects in Sonic is worth eight rings total. So he collected 602 <laughs> rings. Divide that by eight. I don't want to math right now. Um, oh, yeah. I got to talk directly into it. You're good. Um, but, yeah, he's in the, the the level that everyone hated, the Casino Night. Yeah. <laughs> Uh no, I think the water level is the one that everyone hated. Yeah, any level Sonic and Water is like and that's
1: oh, um kind of off topic. Have you ever played Sonic or watched the Sonic Boom cartoon?
2: Yeah. Well not Sonic wait, Sonic Boom. Sonic Boom. It was the three
1: D animated one that they did. Oh uh, yeah, like two um, episodes
2: of it. So there's there's two Sonic cartoons that I watched. There was the The anime? It was, yeah, the, the the anime, and then there was one in, before that. It was definitely we a had, kid show. We had
1: Sonic Sonic uh, and Friends, <laughs> and then we had Sonic, uh, just Sonic the Hedgehog. Oh, no, Sonic Underground, which was the one where there was, like...
2: There was the robot Sonic. There was his dad, who was, like, part robot, or turn part, or his ground. I don't know who.
1: Yeah, there's one where he's like has like co- like brothers and they they form like a 90s rock band, that Sonic Underground, and it's amazingly
2: bad. Oh no, 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 I got to go back. Oh, no, no I got to go back. He's oh, trying to balls. go for the for all the Chaos <laughs> Emeralds and he just lost his I I just chance. need one more. I for that, need one for more. the final one. So he's he's also got other cheats on too. He's got an unkillable cheat and he's also got a cheat where like you don't lose lives. Well,
1: not unkillable. I so i can get hit and i lose my rings like it looks like i lose my rings but i don't actually lose my rings uh-huh um oh man i'm bouncing around like crazy oh, i hate this level um but so i've got yeah i've got i've got the 8 times ring per one ring i've got the i don't lose
2: any lives yeah
1: um so it's
2: so, so, to add on to all this, right? Luke, you cheated not only the game, but yourself. You didn't grow. You didn't improve. You took a shortcut and gained nothing. You, ex- you experienced a hollow victory. Nothing was risked. Nothing was gained. It's sad that you do not know the difference. You, you know what I gave? Boom. You know I, what I gained? just came up with that. Yeah.
1: <laughs> you just came up with that on Twitter. Um, As no. I pulled it up on my phone. Oh, there it is. There yes. it is. Do Here it. We go. Yes. Yes. Um, no, I'm gaining the experience of, for the first time, playing Sonic the Hedgehog 2 and as beating the entire game in less than, like, 45 minutes.
2: Yeah, but you beat the game, like, eight times in the yes, past. Yes, it's true. So there's a huge difference But I'm that.
1: telling you, if I was a kid, like, the ge- I never had a Game Genie as a kid, and I always wanted one.
2: Oh, okay, so I did, and I tried to experiment with, like, playing with my own cheat codes, and somehow I turned Mario 64 into, like, Well, was it Mario sixty four or was some other game? I changed the color to candy cane style (laughs) on a Mario game. And I'm like, what is going on? And then because of that, it got really difficult to tell certain depths or like where tunnels or passages were, and I made the game unbeatable for me with a game genie. Which I didn't (laughs) know was possible.
1: Yeah. Um this is my last Chaos Emerald and this one I remember this being such a pain and having to do it over and over again. You know, it's it, going to be fun when I do this with Sonic 3 and I have to do the uh the level where you um like the cuz in Sonic 3 the bonus is Tails move you
2: dumbass. Sorry. Um, no, It's all good. So uh, but you know if you're not careful cuz level design wasn't super well explored during this time I have in the past gotten to Supersonic and got into an unwinnable condition. <laughs> so you got to be careful.
1: Yeah. Oh no. I because uh, there was another code I tried earlier. Oh my god. They're all over the place. Um, to uh. To just get one ring to turn supersonic. Uh huh. And I turned supersonic when I got my first ring, but the animation froze me in the air, so I couldn't move.
2: Ah. So you looked like you were going super sane. Yep. For just like sat an there. hour.
1: Yep. It was pretty cool, though.
2: So this is going to be interesting because we're going to be talking about a variety of different top- topics, uh, news, games we're playing. But at the same time, Luke is going to be playing <laughs> this, and he's also going to be playing the other Sonic games, which is, uh, considering that the new Sonic movie is coming out in November... It's perfect. I think, I think you're Here just a little bit excited. Look at,
1: look at it. It's going crazy. We've got flashy lights. That is so... I have the final Chaos Emerald. That is
2: so unrewarding. It looked like a chunk of concrete. It's <laughs> all got,
1: gray. And I also just got eight extra lives.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah. Sonic rings. Oh, yeah. That was weird. You had like 70 rings. Yeah. No, you had it like 80 rings. It doesn't
1: show up, but so it's basically whatever numbers up there one million
2: points
1: (laughs) the greatest game of sonic ever played and you guys are getting the audio version
2: Um, (laughs) like 69 lives sonic 69 i should just not get any more lives (laughs) i will
1: avoid every other ring to end with 69 i really hated this level so bad oh
2: oh i'm at the boss already. oh you're at jim carrey come here jim (laughs) Jim carrey is in a fat suit on the screen and he's got what is that? That's like a, a oh, claw machine. I
1: really hate this level.
2: <laughs> Everyone hated this level, man. Now yeah. I think about it, there weren't very many levels I liked in Sonic other than like Green Hill Zone.
1: Um, oh, I missed him. Come on, come on, come on. Get him.
2: Dun, dun, dun. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna begin with the news and see how well we can keep our attention. Yeah, I'll,
1: I'll turn it off if it gets. <laughs> well, if, no, if I don't. I, get I think too I think we're gonna be fine. I'll go push ahead and Go ahead and get the news. All right,
2: so it's been three months since your last episode. That's yes. gonna change, but since three months have passed, there's been a lot of stuff that has happened in the game world. So we're just gonna we're just gonna hit the most recent, biggest news pieces. Yeah. So for those who May not follow game news or the industry. May not be aware about BioWare. Sonic! Oh, there he is. Yeah, Super Saiyan Sonic. Come here. I actually really like that design. I don't know. Let me just hyper knuckles was cool there. too. Anyway, so yes, BioWare's Anthem got a lot of stuff wrong, and a lot of people were really upset. Jim Carrey's ship just blew up, and there was. Oh my God! I'm so fast. There was a gotta go. An expose written by Jason Schreier, who is a big name in the game journalist industry, and he had interviewed 19 employees at Bioware, Mm -hmm. which was interesting to me because Bioware made one of my favorite games of all time. And
1: my favorite game of all time. Yeah,
2: so it was really sad to kind of read their fall from grace. But the TLDR of the whole thing was, since Dragon Age Inquisition, The studio has been has been pretty much a wreck, and there's a lot of people in Bioware that wish that Dragon Age: Inquisition was not successful. Um, But I
1: may beat the game before the news segment now.
2: Probably. Well, in short, Anthem suffered a lot because of the internal workings of the studio, and just a lot of things. You should read it. It's an eleven thousand word article. It will take very well. Like it's very well written. written. Will Jason take you the does p- good work. Yeah, it'll take you the better part of like 15 minutes at least to read it. So the problem that people are currently seeing is that Anthem is considered to be a flop. Even though it may bring in like money, it's considered to be a flop. Mass Effect Andromeda was considered a flop. Dragon Age Inquisition was successful, but barely, by the skin of its teeth. And when I say that, like, that's more internal studio stuff, right? Like, sales, it blew everything out of the water, but the studio barely held together. But it didn't hold together for Mass Effect Andromeda or or Anthem. And Jason Schreier just released a new article regarding Dragon Age 4.
1: I got squished. <laughs> you did? I was going too fast. I didn't hit any checkpoints.
2: <laughs> but there's current speculation that Dragon Age 4 is going to get the same problem as Anthem. As far as development goes... Because it's already been rebooted twice. It was mm-hmm. once called Codename Joplin, and now it is Morrison. And Morrison's turned out to be a very different game. Now, it's going to be years until Dragon Age 4 comes out because it's barely in pre-production since mm-hmm. it was rebooted back in 2017. But there's EA is really pushing for the constant monetiz- monetization. Mm-hmm. They want Dragon Age 4 to earn money consistently consistently. And since Bioware doesn't necessarily specialize in something like that, I don't know. It's going to be really, really challenging. But the thing that I want to talk about, do we want to get into the discussion now since we're kind of on the news topic of it? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. So this has brought up kind of like an interesting point of view for me. Um, But the question I want to ask is, is there any consumer responsibility when you purchase a game? Like, before you decide you want to purchase a game and therefore support a studio or a publisher um, when there is allegations coming out of worker abuse, is that something that we need to think about as consumers? I mean, because we're all adults now, Mm -hmm. and we're the first generation to grow up with games. Yeah. I mean, there were adults that played games before, Mm -hmm. but I think we're the first generation that grew up with games. So does does that mean we have a responsibility to be... Um, like mindful consumers, even if we don't play games, what if we have kids Mm -hmm. that play games? What do you think?
1: I think, I think about that um, with it basically being a problem that's industry wide, Mm -hmm. not, not even specific to, to triple a games like the crunch and stuff like that, which is bullcrap. It's just, it's kind of hard to to really weed through and find out. And also, one thing that I believe that the gaming media needs to do is start calling out companies like Jason Schreier did at Kotaku, like actually expose this stuff because... Like er, just was it earlier this year or late last year when um, the Walking Dead developers closed their doors? That was and earlier. They just,
2: this that was in January. Was in January I think. and
1: they just fired everyone with no severance. That and was stuff Telltale like that. Games. Yeah, yeah tell-tale that was games. a sad story. And they so, got
2: released without severance.
1: Yeah, so it's like um, you've got like until I think it's going to be hard for people to know about what's happening until. It gets exposed more, so I'm always for like all this stuff. Expose it, put shed light on it, because until you shed light on it, nothing's going to change. Yeah,
2: I think it's, you know what? It's really, it's really important. I think even if when it comes to your favorite game or series, or for me personally, like Cyberpunk 2077 is the game I'm really looking forward to long term.
1: So you're like, uh, was it CD Projekt Red? You're like, please please don't do anything stupid, CD Projekt Red. Yeah,
2: but the thing is CD Projekt Red has already had allegations raised against it a couple Um. months ago because they made a weird tweet of something, and they said something along the lines of our our methodology is not for everyone, Mm -hmm. and they were implying that there could be crazy work times. So even for me, which... I actually really like the Cyberpunk 2020 game. I've read the rules. I never played a game of it, but I've been a fan of Cyberpunk in general and Cyberpunk 2070, 2077 I'm looking forward to. But I think that's going to be a game that I'm just going to wait on, like at least for a couple of months, maybe, yeah. maybe a month or two, mm-hmm. just to see if anything like this comes out with Anthem. And then, you know, there's nothing wrong with like buying it used. When you buy it used, you don't support the game company. Yeah. So there's nothing wrong with, like, waiting for someone to turn in their copy that they've already beaten and then just picking it up for a cheaper price. Yeah. But also, like, with, with Bethesda and Fallout 76 mm-hmm. and the games live games of the service, the crunch, um, the Bioware magic, which was a term that was thrown around in the article a lot, I think even if we are parents that don't play games... We should definitely keep up to date, like with Battlefront Two and what mm-hmm. they were trying to do, and how that had a lot of gambling mechanics in it. You know, you don't do you want to expose your kids to that? I think there's just a lot of responsibility that we have to do now that we're adults, and it kind of yeah, sucks. Yeah, right.
1: Yeah, and um, especially with the stuff like Battlefront Two, where you got um, like the whole uh, uh, argument with uh, you're um, walking
2: on lava, dude.
1: Yeah, I'm supersonic. Sonic <laughs> does this.
2: How come he's not this powerful in Super Smash Brothers?
1: I mean, he is when you get that. When you get that crystal.
2: Yeah, but. but when you get
1: the chaos emerald. He still needs for to about like thirty seconds.
2: Oh yeah, and your rings. Oh no, your rings are depleting. But you're yeah, because gaining, I'm supersonic. Yeah, but you also get eight rings. Yep, yep. Yeah, you're not gonna run out of rings anytime soon. The
1: hardest part about being supersonic
2: is he's very. What was, what was the last live count that we had? Sixty-nine, I think so. You're currently at eighty-one. Yep. You're gaining twenty lives, roughly. No, that's that's more like, uh, that's like twelve lives. Yeah, you're gaining like twelve lives in what ten minutes? Mm-hmm. And now for the Eggman. I think I only have two more levels for after this. Jim Carrey. Oh yeah, you're about to jump on the giant plane. I think because you're, you're kind of ready. You're kind of ready. Yeah. You're already in the sky. Can't supersonic fly?
1: Um, kind of not like, like he more like
2: soars. Yeah. Well, anyway, just <laughs> my Beat opinion him. is <laughs> <laughs> Jim Carrey's dead. Uh, my opinion is that we we got to be more responsible, even mm-hmm. if it's for a game that we really really enjoy. I I feel like you can you can have, I I, I for lack of a better term, I, you can have the hope that it will turn out just fine. Mm-hmm. But I think if we do not want to support worker abuse or, or habits in the game industry that are destructive or like the, this BioWare article talked about how people went into offices and just cried. Right. Yep. And then because of stress, stress casualties, which by mm-hmm. the way, <laughs> stress casualties was a term defined in BioWare Studio. The only other place where it's currently defined at is in the military. Mm-hmm you know, stress casualties for people to leave for three months and they may or may not come back. I think if we don't want that type of industry to exist in gaming, we need to be responsible and decide, you know, uh, yes, I like this game, but I'm I'm going to wait on purchasing right. it. And I'm going to do that with Cyberpunk 2077 mm-hmm. because of what was raised against CD Projekt Red in the past. But that's just me. That's just me. <laughs>
1: yeah. Um, yeah, and that... that... Kind of going back to uh, the the whole crunch thing mm-hmm. that they talk about where it's like, oh, you know, oh, hurry, hurry. We got to get this out on time. We got to get this out on time. Um, with BioWare, one of the... Because um, Dragon Age 1 was really like something. Everyone loved magic. Dragon Age 1. Oh, my
2: gosh. That game um, is
1: magic. The second one felt smaller and rushed. And it, did. it was
2: actually made in like 14 months. Yeah, because but there's,
1: sti- a, there's a reason behind that because. Um, was it rebooted? EA, I actually don't know the story. Um, of it. EA had their release windows, right, that they tried to release games in. Mm-hmm. And the game that was supposed to be released in the original Dragon Age 2 release window was Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic, the MMO. But that got delayed. And they figured that you know Star Wars is okay to be delayed because people will wait for Star Wars and then they said oh shit we've got to put a game out there uh here's uh, hurry just put together a Dragon Age 2 that the the city of Kirkwall was supposed to be the first level and that's it and it became the entire game
2: i you know like that game was not as good as the first one but i still loved it i, I but yeah. i didn't i didn't know like what was happening behind the scenes at the time yeah but yeah then Inquisition I had to use the Frostbite engine which is EA's specific engine Which I want to talk about that. All right, what's up?
1: So, the Frostbite engine was made by DICE to make first-person shooters. Yep. Battlefield, the Star Wars Battlefront game. They games.
2: didn't even have an inventory screen or a third-person camera. Yes,
1: it is all it is all uh like and that engine makes really good, really crisp first-person shooters because that's what it's made to do. Almost every other RPG game out there will use the Unreal Engine, which is, uh, Epic Studios has it, um, and it gives you all the tools that you need to make your games, right? Um, But EA does not want to pay the licensing to Epic to use their their engine. So, they're like, here you go, use the Frostbite Engine. It's basically like, you know, square peg round hole. They're trying to use, uh, or like, you know, when you're trying to get a a screw out of the wall and you need a flathead screwdriver, but all you have is a Phillips, so you got to make it work.
2: (laughs) Like, it just... I mean, you can, You can do it, but you may break the thing you're trying to make. And not only that, but since that's an EA-owned engine, what ended up happening was the, I guess, resources for both, like, uh, studio support for the Frostbite engine Mm. and then just other things in general... Uh, most of those in EA were concentrated to their big money makers, so like FIFA, you mm-hmm. know. Whereas Bioware doesn't really make EA a ton of money, so they got like the least amount of support on Frostbite, yeah. and it was yep. very spotty to begin with. Yep. That's anyway. This is this is all over the gaming industry right now. So if mm-hmm. you, we're not going to go through it. It's eleven thousand yeah. words plus. There's other yeah. articles to follow up. Uh, but it's titled "How Bioware's it, Anthem Went Wrong." It's a good read. Oh, it's a very. Um, good read.
1: I do want to talk about their response, though. That was so, bullcrap.
2: Um, that was a horrible response. So, uh,
1: you know, like a lot, like what a lot of you know journalists do is they will, they won't send the full article to the people before they release it. But basically, these are the main talking points that I talked about in the article. They sent that to Bioware. Jason Schreier sent that to Bioware before he re- he released it. He he posted up the article at 11 a.m. At 11.15, there was, on the BioWare blog, there was this giant response that had obviously been pre-written before he released it because they... (laughs) Didn't read it. Yeah, I think they didn't read it at all.
2: I think in his update, he had said that they he sent them a request for quotes, but he also sent them kind of like an outline. Yeah, and that's what their response was based on. But they totally missed the mark in their response. They
1: were saying, you know, they they basically made it out to seem like the article was attacking certain individuals, like individual people uh, at um, Bioware, and not once in the article does he say anything about an individual person he, he does says, say like, the, upper, leadership, the leadership leadership management yeah
2: he does so he tears them down but he doesn't use but names. no
1: one by name no one like the executive creative director they say the creative management who
2: was the who was the um, the CFO of EA at the time I'm not Jorgensen sure. yeah. Blake Jorgensen that so he does use Blake Jorgensen's name but Blake Jorgensen who is super hated Were the people that followed the industry. He actually praised Blake Jorgensen because Blake Jorgensen made the one decision that saved Anthem, Mm -hmm. which was making sure flight stays inside the game. Which also, if you watch that 2017 trailer of Mm -hmm. Anthem, that was all fake. Mm-hmm. That was fake, man. Even the studio devs had no idea Anthem was going to ch- look like that. They had that. to
1: change the name 3 days before E3 cuz it was originally going to be called Beyond. Yeah, that's and nuts. then they were like, "Oh, it the- took our marketing and legal teams." They had nothing. <laughs> <laughs> they put up a to card. Realize "We couldn't we couldn't say we couldn't trademark the term Beyond after they had made t-shirts and um
2: Oh, my gosh. And all the stuff for the convention. That's like my Dungeons and Dragons games. (laughs) No, it's not. I'm actually very prepared. But (laughs) like they had nothing and they showed it to everyone that was like, this is coming. And everyone was like, yeah. And then the devs got really whipped into place because they were like, oh, I guess we're going to be making that. And that's when actual development started, which is really sad. So if I don't want to do that for like cyberpunk 2077 and CD project red, I'm going to wait just to make sure. And if something does come out buy it used, otherwise, you know, then support it. But I think we really need to be careful about what we buy mm-hmm. and how yeah. we buy it.
1: Yeah.
2: Uh, anyway, we beat that topic to death. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, and you had to pause because you actually, yes, were I had, putting to, get, I had to get into the conversation. Yeah. Uh, well, you, we can turn this on. Like when we talk about the games we're playing and stuff, but here's one that doesn't really take that much thought. Um, PlayStation Network actually allows name changes, so Luke, are you going to name yourself Voracious Sand sixty nine? No, no,
1: I'm going to go with. Uh, oh, what was it? Um,
2: simple. Some <sighs> of these name suggestions were Man, great. They're
1: they, they're terrible.
2: Oh yeah, like and there was. I thought there was one that had four twenty in the name. And this is just like random. No, there was one. It was like polite something. Polite Turtle (laughs) or like... Polite Turtle 571. (laughs) It also, like, I think the algorithm that they... Like, their beta algorithm for suggesting names to you looks at previous words you may have used, which in the gaming world is not super great. And, like, looking at other games that you've played and it comes up with these bizarre names. But the good thing is when you guys had your last episode in january they were thinking about it they were thinking about it and now as of this week it was april <laughs> it was it was implemented so and it's i mean like the name suggestions about who's going to use it well, i don't know i i can imagine myself being like okay i'm going to name myself this wait <laughs> what was it bodacious sand castle 69 yeah, yeah, yeah. no i want that one
1: see and i'm i'm this is not for me because I had the forethought to not name myself Big Sexy86 <laughs> when I was creating my logins. <laughs> Asslicker69. Um, I, did, I did not go with that. I went with a simple name. Um. And I'm really glad that I did that because that now like I don't have to nine. deal with this. Because there's there's now reports that like the PlayStation thing isn't working well with
2: it's, certain games. It's not working with games that no one's ever going to play anymore. But well, like,
1: they said in their original one they said that it was going to work with everything that has come out after April 2018, yeah. and they're finding out that that is not true either.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? At least it will apply for April 2019. Maybe, maybe, but they they said some. So, if you are thinking about changing your PlayStation Network name, just be aware that there are some games that will be completely unplayable. And
1: they do have a list of the games that they know. But it's like it's like um,
2: Dance Dance Revolution or something like that. It's like I know there's a dancing game. What was the most recent dancing game that's actually pretty good? Uh, Just Party, Just Dance, Just Just Dance. Dance. That's what it is. Ubisoft one. Yeah, so like that one is a title that will be bricked if you change. It won't brick your system, but it just won't work if you change your name. Mm. Um, there's also some there's some games will still function, but will have features disabled. So if you play a game that may be a single player experience, but you can participate in activities on the game that puts you in a ranking oh, no. with others, like the Arkham games for example, uh, which those rankings are disabled now, but. It, they had for a time rankings for certain types of games that were in the main core experience. So some of those would be deactivated or just simply won't work for you. And you're in an unwinnable I got to wait until my 235 rings run out and then I can die. <laughs> With 87 lives and you got 230 seconds left and poor Tails is just being impaled.
1: Yeah, now it's, now it's the race of time versus rings, but it's all right.
2: This is the Sonic version of the Tomb of Horrors.
1: Mm-hmm, pretty much.
2: Yep. It's okay.
1: I made a bad decision.
2: So yeah, if you're thinking about changing your name to like 420 Sephiroth 6969 (laughs) XXX, just know that some games are going to have problems. Uh, There is a list. You should look it up, but I wouldn't worry too much about it. The first
1: name change is free, and you can go back to your previous one for free. So if you, say, find a game that you can't use... You can go and change your name back to the whatever your previous one was.
2: But every other name change after that is going to be ten dollars, ten bucks. It's going to cost you a lunch. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but ten bucks is still kind of steep, I, yeah. in my opinion. But I yeah. mean, you can you can change it now. So if you want to change it, go ahead, do it. Mm. But like that's kind of all the news we're going to hit. I mean, yeah. cause there's nothing else that really, there's the whole Epic game store thing, mm-hmm. which we kind of discussed, but ultimately we have the same opinion. I, I was one of the few that was worried about like the whole Chinese market thing with mm-hmm. that, but there was a recent, um, I guess like Reddit posts and news articles that kind of dove into the things that rose that suspicion and my worries have been fine, but like the Epic game store is a big topic. And I just think
1: literally moved to the icon to the right and double click guys.
2: Yeah, that's all it is. Although, go. I will throw this out there for any of our uh, really clever listeners. All three of you. The PC Master Race, guys? Yeah. But here's a million-dollar idea, okay? You take the indexes that list your games in all of your libraries. I've done that manually with Steam. I actually installed a bootleg version of a game called Ultima Online. Oh, I love Ultima. And I put it in my Steam library. So you can, you can actually handle these indexes create a client that will access your game indexes for all the game libraries you have got origins the Ubisoft one epic steam and it will take some finagling but you can like just open up that client and it will list all your games across all your libraries and you just double click the game you want to play and then it will log into that account And if you want, Mm. if you want to be even more snazzier, you can link all of the game news and libraries from all of those clients and like put it on one screen. So that way, everything is centralized. Do it because that would be awesome. And you can advertise on it and you will earn a million bucks. And it's kind of easy to do. I'm not a programmer, but I've messed around with the indexes and it's somewhat simple to do. And I just don't want to put the effort into it. And I think that's a million dollars I will pass on. But someone should come up with that. Anyway, the Epic Game Store is just not a big thing to us. Yeah. Um, but let's talk about how many rings do you got? You got, got
1: 48 rings 40 more until rings. I can okay. die.
2: <laughs> uh, so just
1: kill me now, <laughs> says Sonic in Sonic 06.
2: <laughs> no, Tail. poor Tails is like really Tails hurting,
1: is a man. G, man. He just keeps standing Why here. Why can't he just fly out? He Why doesn't he just pick up Sonic because he's and he's such fly a out G. the pit? He's like, I ain't going anywhere, buddy. I'll stand here and repeatedly get
2: stabbed in the anus with these giant spikes for you, bro. G, like a G, like as in, I don't know what that means. Just he's a gangster. Oh, he's okay. his homie. No, do you have to use OG? Original well, he, gangster.
1: Yeah, but see, Sonic's the OG, and then and then Tails is his little G. <laughs> <laughs> oh wait, we got we got eight. Okay, here we count down to death. Five, four. I shouldn't have three, laughed at that. Two, one,
2: yeah! There you go. Cool. All right, so I guess that non-kill conditions. Oh well, you still have eighty-seven lives. You didn't lose a single nope. life.
1: Nope. So I can die. I just can't. Oh great! I'm supersonic again. Oh, you gotta I kind of don't, don't want to be supersonic. He's too finicky. Oh my he's gosh! He's too quick. He's so. He's too fast.
2: Oh. Okay, I'm actually gonna freak out. I'm gonna look at this vertigo. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, because like you can get into that no wind condition very easily.
1: Yeah, oh, to, like getting caught between these boxes. Yeah, yeah there we go.
2: Okay. Um, so, what games are you looking forward to?
1: Right now, I think the one that I'm looking forward to the most is. Um... Oh man. Um... Of course, I draw a blank. That's what Sonic does to me. I get into like the tunnel vision. So, are you going to be
2: like that when the movie comes out? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Quinn's going to be like, "Daddy, I'm hungry," <laughs> and you're just going to be like, I "Gotta go fast, you gotta go faster.
1: <laughs> Eat some chili dogs." Um, Should I just talk I, about mine's? Then? Uh, hmm. I know I got. I, I I looked it up. I pushed okay. the buttons. Uh, Mortal Kombat 11. Yes. Coming up pretty soon. Looks brutal. Always love me a Mortal Kombat game. Um, The only
2: ones I played on that one was 1, 2, 3, and Annihilation. hmm. And I've seen like Mortal Kombat. Oh, the Nintendo 64 one. Yeah. I played that one for a little bit. Hmm. And then I saw like Mortal Kombat 8 for the PlayStation 2. Like I saw the opening cinematic. And then that was it.
1: Honestly, I fell off of Mortal Kombat games after they stopped making them for Sega.
2: Because the movie was so bad.
1: I love that movie. It's great. I actually
2: really like Annihilation, <laughs> even though it's like one of the worst ranked movies on yeah. Tomatoes. And
1: I, I prefer the first one, but you know they're both their own thing. Um, but so yeah, I'm excited for that. And I, I started playing Mortal Kombat. when they did the basic like reboot of the story with Mortal Kombat Nine. I jumped back in, so they basically rebooted the story. So Mortal Kombat 9, 10, and now Eleven coming out. You have like actual story mode. It's like after they started doing Injustice. Where they could put in a story into the like a campaign style. Do they do like
2: a time or dimension splitting thing? Uh,
1: They go back. They go back to the first tournament. That's lame. (laughs) I liked it because I had no idea what the hell was going on trying to play the Mortal
2: Kombat before that. I was like,
1: I don't know any of these people. Where's Sub-Zero? Come on. Like, where is he? Um, A
2: story you can't follow was great.
1: Well, see, I should not be thing. talking,
2: by the way, because I love some crazy games that just don't have a story. That's the
1: thing. The story I, that's I didn't play the ones before that. And then nine came around and rebooted everything and basically started back over. And I'm like, OK, cool. I'm back on page one. I'm back on page one of this crazy, ridiculous Mortal Kombat story. Um but I'm also, they, they just announced, uh, well, they announced it at E3, but they're actually showing some stuff. Hopefully this weekend is the new Star Wars games, uh, Jedi Fallen Order. And it's supposed to be a third-person action game. That's monetized. Um, the CA, of course. Um, <laughs> but they haven't shown much of it. They just showed a, a teaser image with like a, a, a broken lightsaber on a ground.
2: So really, that's the only thing that's out because that's all I've seen. We don't. Oh have yeah.
1: It. Well, Star Wars Celebration is going on right now, so this is the weekend that they announce all that. type why of did stuff. Why do they not
2: do Star Wars Celebration like until? Why don't they just wait a couple weeks until May fourth? Yeah, that's, that's a would, Saturday. Yeah.
1: That'd Come be on. nice. That's a I, I feel like they've done it before. It's, it's all, all got to be about like location scheduling. I guess um, so. Another one I'm looking forward to. Oh,
2: really quick, the fallen or what was it fallen order? You Jedi, said Jedi fallen order. Jedi yeah. fallen order. Do we have any idea of what's going? What that's going to be about? Because I'm kind of it's, intrigued. It's
1: post episode three, and you're a Jedi that's escaped the purge. That's all that's really been told. All
2: right, that'll be interesting.
1: Um, so next month, I'm ready for this. Sonic Team Racing is coming out. And is that the
2: one with Danica Patrick driving I mean, a car? That
1: was the other one, and it's Danica <laughs> in the game. Um, and, that was the one before. That was All-Star Racing was Transformed.
2: Filthy Frank. No, not Filthy Frank. That's a YouTuber. What was...
1: Ralph. Wreck-It Ralph is Wreck-It in Wreck-It Ralph. It. Yeah. Which is Filthy great Frank. because Sonic is in Wreck-It Ralph.
2: <laughs> yeah, but I mean, so was. Is... So our Final Fantasy characters and Listen, Disney princesses. I Sonic,
1: this- Sonic, has, Sonic is in both of them, and he has lines about everything, and it's the Sonic voice actor from the video games doing it. There had to be something going on there. Um, is the
2: Sonic Twitter writing the script?
1: I hope so because the sonic twitter is a fucking gem oh my gosh that, that everyone guy, needs to follow that guy is that savage. intern is
2: killing it um <laughs> <laughs> actually no he he was taken on full time because he did such a good job with so the he
1: twitter previously killed it as an intern and that got him a and job and now that's like nice. his
2: full-time job so he's he's just um, vicious against everybody it's so great.
1: these sonic games they're basically mario kart but with sega characters and that is everything i want so i'm i'm really really excited for that and i think the last one that i'm excited for that's going to be coming out and i'm not sure the release date on it quite yet is um oh my gosh i have the worst memory today this is what sonic is rage 2 the bethesda the new bethesda game coming out
2: wait rage 2 Mm Mhm.
1: it looks like they took the because the first one's very like mad max dystopian future type thing and it's like they Took it and mixed it with a little bit of Sunset Overdrive. Was that overdrive the one with, like, the, blah, blah, blah. the
2: clown ice cream truck or whatever? S- no,
1: no, that's Twisted Metal. Oh. <laughs> um, this, is, this is, like... I was not a this PlayStation This is, like, an kid. asteroid hit the planet and caused the apocalypse. And it's the post-apocalypse after an asteroid. So there's no oh, zombies. Cool. There's not, like, nuclear holocaust. There's a fucking asteroid. Came out of nowhere. Um, but this one, it looks like they took that, you know, Mad Max, like, browns and grays and just grungy stuff and just colored the shit out of it all right that's so cool. it's got a little it feels like there's a little bit of borderlands thrown in there a little bit of sunset overdrive thrown in there and it looks ridiculous and i'm ready to play
2: it are, are you excited for borderlands 3
1: i have not played borderlands
2: neither have i yeah should we change we're that
1: the, we're the only two that we'll do it we'll do a a stream series of us playing borderlands for the first time yeah so and you guys everyone, can actually see what's on the screen and everyone can tell us how we're doing it wrong
2: instead of seeing how i'm throwing shade at luke yep pretty much for cheating the game totally, and cheating. not learning anything. Well, I'm learning. Nothing. I'm learning.
1: Listen, I learned that I can't go down that hole without dying. Okay. That's, um, that's something I learned that supersonic is really hard to control for more than a couple seconds. Oh no. Oh,
2: <laughs> <laughs> Oh man. I am oh, so th- excited. No. See, oh, no, thank there's thank a
1: spring. I'm at the part. Oh man. I'm at the part. I'm probably here. like
2: blowing out someone's no, like, okay. stereo speaker. It's okay. Oh man, they this understand. is this is really like. Maybe you should just wait till supersonic like fades yeah, out. Yeah, but I'm
1: gonna run out of time.
2: <laughs> no, you're not. You got. Okay. Wait, that's not a countdown. That's a count up. You're not gonna run out of time. You're fine. Just stand there. <laughs> no, I mean... I've
1: got. See, I've got to do it. This is the challenge.
2: <laughs> it's a lame challenge, my friend.
1: Yes, but it is
2: a challenge. <laughs> Speaking of challenge, we'll get into that later. Should I get into the games that I, I want to play yes, while you please. play? So obviously I've already talked about one of them. That's my long-term goal is Cyberpunk 2077. I love the Cyberpunk Cyberpunk genre. If you haven't read Neuromancer, which was like the genesis of Cyberpunk, totally recommend it. Cyberpunk 2077 is based off of Cyberpunk 2020. Oh, you actually you you got through. Um, but yeah, that's what I'm looking forward to. Uh, but I guess immediately, like in within the next few months, I'm actually kind of lame. I just I'm looking forward to just like re-releases or remasters. Mm-hmm. First off, I I I want to play Resident Evil Two. I want to oh, play too. Sekiro. I want to play uh, what was the other Capcom one that I was looking forward to? Oh, uh, I can't. Devil May Cry. Yes, Devil May Cry Five.
1: So, Do you know if you pre-order it, you get Mega
2: Man's Buster Gun? Are you serious? Awesome. I did not know that. <laughs> Alright, so yeah, but the ones I'm looking forward to, those are games that are already out, uh, but the ones I'm looking forward to, they're re-releases, so Baldur's Gate, another Bioware game, Baldur's Gate 2, there was also Icewind Dale, which was like a less story-driven Baldur's Gate, but it takes place in a different location in the world, um there is an in-between game for the baldur's gate games all these are being like released for like the switch and the playstation 4 and it's like any day now they can come out because they haven't announced an actual day i could be wrong about that but like they announced it back in january and they're like oh these are coming out real soon and that was back in january and so they can really just come out any day now and say hey these are now available um but yeah, all those like re-releases, there was also another one that I was really looking forward to that I didn't play before.
1: Oh, uh, I, I just thought of another one that's coming out this year that I'm excited for is the Shenmue
2: 3. Another Sega I classic. don't know if I want to be excited for that one or not, because so Shen Shenmue, I didn't play the first one or the second one, but everything that I hear is either from rose-tinted glasses from people that just love the, those That's games me. when they came out. And then there are people that are like, yeah, it was good at the time, but Yakuza does, does it better.
1: Yeah, Yakuza definitely scratches that itch, but it's got, like, Yakuza 0 specifically. I, uh, those games are it's great. set in the 80s, which is when Shenmue is set. Yeah.
2: Oh, that's It's like cool. the late 80s. So, so that's
1: kind of their thing, I, I guess. I
2: guess I would want to play the first and second ones. Because graphics, honestly. They just re released remasters of the first and second yeah, ones. Yeah, I found that out a while ago. But there's way too many games and way too little time. But they. Um, yeah, I, I would like to play the first two. I kind of. I think I've already read, like, a story summary of them. Isn't it, like, this dude's trying to, like, get Isn't revenge a on his classic re-
1: Avenge the Master. Yeah. Storyline.
2: So if they're smart, they'll just. Do number three with like, it won't be necessary. It'll be like a soft reboot, I'm assuming, right? Where like the first two games took place, but you don't need to know the events of the first two games mm-hmm. to play number three. I'd assume. I, I I would hope so because I mean I have a lot of friends that are excited about that. I'm willing to give it a try, mm-hmm. but there's a lot of other games I want to play before. Yeah, which um, is reasonable. Yeah, so yeah, Baldur's Gate, Baldur's Gate two, all the re-releases only because I know I will like them, and you can play them multiple different ways. Um, but oh man, there was one. What was? Why is that Egyptian music?
1: That's the that's we're in the Middle East. It's the oil zone. Seven hundred and
2: eighty-four rings and ninety-three lives.
1: About to break a hundred lives.
2: Do, does it cap at ninety-nine? I don't know. We're about to find out. Oh, that'll be interesting. And you've got how many points? Is that one, two, three, four, five, six? So you got one point three million points. Fact. Almost one point three. Fact. How's it feel to be God?
1: Oh, uh, pretty awesome. I mean, listen, if you're supersonic, that's what you should expect in maybe, life.
2: Maybe I should have given you a supersonic transformation in our D&D game. Oh, I would have loved it. Instead of like... See,
1: but I would have gone too fast and ran off of something, <laughs> which is the downfall of
2: gotta going fast. So what games are you playing? I know Sonic 2. Sonic
1: 2 currently. Um,
2: and then Sonic 1 and 3 coming after this?
1: Yes. That's gonna be good. Why am I even? Why am I even bothering? Come on, Supersonic. No, nope, oh, s- even
2: Supersonic it. is too weak.
1: Oh, maybe, maybe. Okay. He just see. tried
2: to like zoom you know, up a curve and he failed.
1: There we go. Ugh. Do you
2: Gotta think they really fast. thought about level design? Because you're constantly stopping instead of enjoying being fast. Well, that's been a a criticism of that's Sonic. been a
1: criticism of Sonic. I don't ever really feel it. Because, they're, like, I love the speed and then areas of, like, precision platforming. Like, just, oh, I do not want to hit that fast.
2: How is that? So there was a game you showed me. I, maybe it was last year. But it was a Sonic game that was made by Sonic fans. Sonic something something. What was it called? You showed me. It was looked, it
1: the horribly, like, 3D one? Or was it, like, a good one?
2: It was a good one.
1: Sonic, uh... Um, Sonic Mania was made by Sonic the guys. Mania, that's the one. They're the guys who made... That's like an official Sonic game. Um, but it's made by the guy who went and did the HD remasters of um, Sonic 1, Sonic 2, Sonic 3.
2: When did they come up with HD remasters? Dude, I'm way out of the loop. I should not be on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought um, I, I thought I knew games, but I guess not. Um, I'm in
1: the oil. Okay, I'm, I'm, it's all right. I'm out of the oil, guys.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: But yeah, how was that game? Amazing. It has been the highest rated Sonic the Hedgehog game in years. It's like 9.0, 10 out of 10. Because it's what like they keep trying to make Sonic something like, you know, some 3D and trying to give it plot. No one wants plot. We just want to run fast.
2: Sonic Adventure 2 wasn't bad. I mean, like critically panned, but I liked it. What? You disagree?
1: No, no. I fell again. Oh, okay.
2: Oh, I didn't even... I'm trying to not look at the screen. Gets it's okay. so distracting. It's okay. No, this is good. I really like that we're playing... Well, you are playing. This is... We're talking. Um, But as far as games that you're playing, what else other than Sonic? You... Um, w- I've been... Are you still playing Persona 5? I lent you that game like yes, last year. Yes, off and on. <laughs> you know they're coming up with a new version of it.
1: Uh, I feel like I heard that. But
2: so I can't. every Persona game since 3 has had... No, I'm trying to think of 2 had it. 2 had a second game, like a sequel to it. But Persona 3 had one called Persona 3 FES. Persona 4 had one that was mm-hmm. supposed to be amazing called Persona 4 Golden that was only available on the Vita, which that's the only reason why I want a Vita is so I can play that game, but I will never buy it. And so I'm really sad on the inside so Persona 5 is supposed to be, there's there's supposed to be two no, three Persona games coming out now there's Persona Q, which is like a cutesy dungeon crawler version of it, I'm not sure if it takes place in the actual story world, then there is a fighter game that's coming out with Persona characters, and then there's Persona 5R, which mm-hmm. I will buy and Michelle will get super upset at me because I've already played the game and she really hates the music and how repetitive it can get when you're not playing the game <laughs> but Persona 5 R is really hotly anticipated. And it's yeah. supposed to come out this summer. Uh, but, yeah, that, I guess I'm looking forward to that one. Mm.
1: What about uh, currently playing?
2: <laughs> Remember how I said I was like only really interested in the remasters so far? Mm, and I'm, that's what you've been playing? Well, I've been playing Devil May Cry 1, mm-hmm. which is actually a chore. Um, I'm playing the collector's edition on, on PS Go. No, not Go. PS Now. Mm-hmm. And then I will get into Devil May Cry 3 because I'm skipping 2 because that's trash. And then I will be playing Devil May Cry 4. And then after that, and right now, aside from that, I'm also playing Final Fantasy 7, man. Oh, yeah? I forgot how fun that game was. Are you waiting for the uh, remaster on that one too? That's never coming out. It's <laughs> and not going to release it in episodes. It's you not. Know that? It's not coming out. It's in the same anthem hell that Bioware had going on for seven years. It's going to be. they're just also like that.
1: making the Avengers game. Remember that? So they've got that going on right now too. Square
2: Enix should have a rule. Each new promise that they get, that or that they release. We're making this game. Someone needs to like, I don't know, smack them or something kick them? Yeah. Because they, they have way too many games that are, in, that are in planning that they never release, Yep. and it takes so long, and people get so frustrated. So yeah, the Final Fantasy 7 remake is not getting done, but I'm noticing something with Final Fantasy 7, like the actual classic one that I'm playing. Yeah. Uh, first off, games in the 90s kind of sucked, even though people love them. The polygons
1: did not age well.
2: No, they didn't. But
1: Sprites aged so much but, better. But I,
2: I actually don't care about graphics too much because you're talking to a guy who plays DD and has to draw crappy maps and use little figurines that aren't painted. So graphics for me isn't super crazy I like in my mind's eye I see everything that's fine but there is some mechanics in those things and that in Final Fantasy 7 that's way super outdated like the active time battle system the material system though fun is is definitely an outdated concept Barrett is every single stereotype. Of how Japanese people view black people like it's kind of sad um, he's a well developed character it's just that like I didn't maybe I was just because I was a kid but I was playing the game and I was like wow like everyone's afraid of him like it's just it's, it's really bad yeah <laughs> it's really bad so I I mean like there's a couple of things in there that just do not age well mm-hmm. and even in like the the video footage that they released last year of like what was currently being done for the final fantasy seven remaster, mm-hmm. even Barrett in that footage is like a walking stereotype. And it's, I'm like, Oh geez, we I guess, I guess they just didn't really think about those things back then, which I'm kind of glad that like we are because we yeah. do. But so yeah, final fantasy seven aside from all those things that are kind of bad. Um, I don't mind it. It's pretty good. I'm looking forward to trying Final Fantasy X again, another re release remaster.
1: Do you think they will ever do Final Fantasy VIII?
2: No, and that's my favorite one. See, I have found people either love it or they hate it. I think it gets a lot of unnecessary hate. Um, It's due predominantly to the junction system, but, and then like some people complain about the story. I personally like stories with time travel. Even though I was just like, crapping all over it when it came to Mortal Kombat, <laughs> but I mean, with Final Fantasy, different. Final Fantasy Eight had a lot of a uh, had a lot of time travel elements in it, and I really enjoyed that. I I enjoyed most of the characters. I didn't enjoy the main character, which also that's another thing that was from the '90s from Japanese games that the main characters were always brooding or they didn't mm-hmm. they were emo. unfriendly emo. I don't really yep. like that. But we should, we need to get at least a re release of Final Fantasy VIII. It, that's definitely my favorite. Did you hear the theory that Nexus they Six.
1: lost the original data for it, so there will never
2: be a remaster? They That was actually the case with Kingdom Hearts. Did you know that? I did not. So the Kingdom Hearts original assets for Kingdom Hearts 1 were on these old computers that were in storage. No one put them on a drive, no one put them on Blu rays, or no one had any storage. It wasn't on a cloud. And then they, like, scrapped them. Either they sold them or they just dumped them. And then when Square Enix made the promise, oh, yeah, Kingdom Hearts is coming out again, that's when they realized that they didn't have any assets. <laughs> that's why the voice actors are all different. Like, it's new polygon. Like, everything on that game is different hmm. because they had none of the original assets. That's crazy. So I would not be surprised that that was also the case for Final Fantasy 8. I think for Kingdom Hearts they had to actually try to data mine some stuff from an old disc. Oh man. I don't know how they would do that. I don't actually I wish I knew more about data mining, but I don't. Yeah. This um, this you are really are on the second to last level. I know we said that like forty minutes yeah, ago. Yeah,
1: I was mistaken. I forgot about the uh, oil zone.
2: <laughs> yeah. So that those are the games I'm playing right now. Um I still want to oh yeah, I'm also playing this game called Wargroove. Have you heard of it? yes it's really good man did you ever play advanced Wars
1: Uh, yeah I heard that this is basically like a if I like that I will love this
2: yeah well it's exactly advanced Wars like it's the same it's like the same colors it's a lot of the same system Uh, you have commanders that have specific powers but I think that's different from advanced Wars I never played yeah. advanced Wars but I kind of am sad that I never did hmm. but emulators are a thing now so I guess I could yeah Um. But yeah, I'm playing Wargroove. I'm also, I was playing, I was planning on playing Conan Exiles. (laughs) Until? (laughs) Until Michelle was like, what is this game? It's Conan Exiles. Is it like Harvest Moon? Which my initial response was, no, it's not.
1: And then you had to think about it for a second. And And I I was like, actually,
2: "Actually, there's (laughs) crafting, there's construction, you could build your own place. And she was like, I want to try it. And I'm like, sure, go ahead, try it and then I go to bed and I wake up at five thirty the next morning and she's still awake and her eyes look like they're getting ready to fall out of her head. She's like, I love this game. <laughs> she yeah. does that. She, she did that with horizon zero dawn. Um, and she, yeah, sometimes like she just, she's not a super big gamer, but on the game that she, she does like, when games, she finds yeah. it, yeah, yeah. she just devours it. And Conan exiles was one of them. So I haven't even had, haven't even had a chance to play it. It is very
1: fun. And, uh, again also in our topic that we're gonna talk about in a little bit I found the uh, um, <laughs> uh, the become the admin of the server that you're on so you can just spawn items if you want
2: right so right you're
1: basically Jeebus yeah. and it's fun it was really fun for I was playing with my little brother and he was he was trying he only had a few minutes to play and he was trying to get um, some armor I was like hold on here and I just basically regurgitate armor on the ground for him.
2: Oh, yeah. So uh, on that, um, Michelle, I think that was the selling point for Michelle because she really hates, like, limitations or constraints. Mm. So when she found out, when I was kind of going through the menus and we were kind of exploring it together before she decided that she wanted to play it, um, she, we found the admin options. Yep. And she was like, okay, I want my damage to be max." I want the No, damage.
1: no, uh, no, like starvation. No
2: starvation. No. I don't want this to be an issue. And she customized it and she got into it and she has like been playing it almost nonstop. I think she's clocked. This may not seem like a ton of hours for lots of gamers out there, but I think she's clocked like 10, which is a lot for her. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know she played through six hours in a single night. <laughs> And then she's been sleeping ever since. <laughs> she's, she's been in a coma. <laughs> but like she will she has put a couple hours into it. We've been kind of busy trying to get ready for X and everything. It's so.
1: gone to 03. 04.
2: Oh, and looped.
1: Whoa, that's that that <laughs> zero
2: is a different font.
1: That that's for 100. Cuz I'm a
2: gangster. <laughs> I guess they were anticipating cheaters like you, Luke.
1: Yep. Oh, there's a, that's right. This one's got three zones in it. Look at that.
2: Oh, that's lame. That's like Oh, that's... oh, for
1: real. All
2: right, so since we were talking about, like, setting things to easy and Luke is using a game genie, which, by the way, I think that he denies it, but I think that's the exact reason why he's using the game genie right now.
1: I mean, I wouldn't say I denied it. <laughs> but
2: <laughs> there's a little bit of news that has to come prior to us talking about this. So from Software, the studio that was behind Dark Souls, Demon Souls, Bloodborne, they have a new, I guess, that's a new IP, because it's not in any other world that they've had before, called Sekiro Shadows died Twice. And it's brutal, because that's from software. And they, there was an original article, which I disagree with still, but the article was essentially titled, Sekiro Dies Twice Does Not Respect Its Gamers By Not Having an Easy Mode. Because it's brutal. Like, it's really hard. was
1: a Forbes article, wasn't it?
2: I think so. And then there was a second article later on, I think like a day later, by PC Gamer. And it was titled, I used mods on the Sekiro final boss, and I don't feel bad about it. And the guy was talking about how he used a mod. I didn't read too much of it because I didn't want to spoil it for myself. But the, the lowdown was that when he got to the final boss, which requires absolute timing and super reflexes, he used a mod that slowed the game down so that he can beat the game, and he only used it on the final boss. And he said that he didn't feel guilty for using it because even with the mod, it, he was like sweating and he felt fulfilled and everything. And that's where those tweets and those memes are coming out about like you risked nothing, you gained nothing, you're a loser. Like
1: because someone, do you know? Do you know where that's uh, that? That's the Willy Wonka thing. You win nothing, you good day.
2: Did they really? Oh, it's like part of it, I think. Yeah, yeah.
1: Well, it's it's along those lines.
2: It's it's kind of the same thing. I read it earlier Anytime in Anytime I've heard it
1: said out loud, I'm like, that's Willy Wonka.
2: So uh, just kind of a side note, the voice actor for Liquid Snake in the Metal Gear Solid series actually voiced it <laughs> in a video because someone requested it because he just does stuff like that. But it's a huge meme right now. So the topic we want to discuss in light of that news article, should games have an easy mode or be more accessible? So those are actually two separate topics. Mm -hmm. So I want to hear your breakdown, and then I've got a game for you, Luke.
1: So, okay, so for me, sorry, got to pause. Yeah, we got to pause because this is is intense. So for me, I think because there's like Dark Souls, not my type of game. I don't like you know repetition over and over dying and dying and dying until I figure it out. That's just not fun for me and I view games more as an entertainment than a challenge. And I think that's really what it comes down to whether you enjoy your games like you know if it's an easygoing kind of sit back story or if it's something that you want the challenge you want want to beat it you want to you want to go at it and that is that is what makes you happy playing games do it i don't think there should be a mandatory easy mode in any i don't think there should be a mandatory anything in games you're going to make the game that you want and make the game that you want but also on the flip side of that the cause and effect of it is like if say you make your game too too hard and it doesn't sell the way you want it Because it's too hard, then you can't really be surprised that it didn't sell so well.
2: I'm giving him the face that I give him when I'm his dungeon master, and he gets scared. (laughs) Do I? Uh, Yeah. Okay. So I have this game in light of what you just said. Mm -hmm. And what I want you to do is I want you to tell me... um, If you think this game is too hard or if it needs an easy mode or if like the profits were cut into because it was too difficult. Okay. Well, yeah. so how are you want to describe it, okay? I had to write a couple things. So what I the way how the game works is I'm going to describe the game without giving out any information that would give its title away or like the story or anything that would give you a hint on the on the game title. Um uh, but you have heard of it and I don't know if you've played it, but I I do know that. So you're gonna
1: have to give me a like generation when the game was made, Uh,
2: like whether it was
1: a eight bit, sixteen bit, uh, some original PlayStation. Let me go through. That's gonna determine a lot.
2: Let me go through my original list. Okay, yeah, and then you can ask that later Mm -hmm. on. So when you play this game, you're guaranteed. Well, I can't say guaranteed. Um, Nine. I think it's safe to say like a ninety five percent chance that you're gonna die. It's extremely difficult because you're, you're constantly encountering enemies and puzzles. Um, it's, but it is beatable. It's just has mm-hmm. the worst ending. <laughs> like the ending is just horrible for those that have beat it, which by the way, there are people that have beaten it. Um, and it's requiring super fast reaction time stuff that you would not normally be able to do without a considerable amount of practice. However, the physics behind the game is extremely well-defined. If you move a certain way and you jump a certain way and you do some maneuver a certain way, you know exactly what the result's going to be. And when you die in this game, you know exactly that it's your fault. What's your perspective on the game? Um, so it sounds
1: like it's a precision platformer. Is what you're talking about, um, and for me, it all, like, the difficulty of the game for me is the, um, say, the atmosphere of the game. If I can, if I can get behind it, um, if I can get behind it, and I like the aesthetic or I like the character, because I feel like you're talking about a Sonic game, um, but. Like, if I can get behind it, yeah, but I also wouldn't expect, you know, if it's a hard platformer, say like a Cuphead or something like that or or one of these older platformers, I wouldn't be surprised if I was the only one that had it and I was the only one that enjoyed it, much like I am with the Sonic games. I say that to most people and they're like, Sonic, really? And I talk to my, like, my brother. Can't stand it. Can't stand it, but he will sit there and play Dark Souls for 18 hours straight. It it all comes down, like I was saying before, if you enjoy the game, if you enjoy the story. If there's something compelling to pull you along, then you can go through with it. But again, it's so individual. It's so up to how you feel about that certain game, that certain topic, that certain thing then
2: i feel like you're trying to be diplomatic in this
1: no i'm just i'm just this is my thought <laughs> process on okay it. um if yeah like if you've like because i'm not gonna sit here and say that you know just because i don't enjoy this game you can't enjoy this game and vice versa like there's people mario versus sonic kids Mario's the greatest thing ever. It does it, and then the Sonic is oh, and it's just not my thing. Um, so I can kind of see where, like, so I guess you're asking me what whether I think this game would sell well or. Yes,
2: I. That's kind of. I guess that's the question I really want because that was the point you really hit on at the end of your, um, your thought process. Again. What, okay, so when when did this game come out? I'm actually really comfortable with just kind of revealing what the name is. I mean, oh, like, I know, yeah, I, know you, I know you haven't like really given the answer of whether mm-hmm. it was sell well. It is one of the most successful games of all time. I just described the first Donkey Kong game. Donkey Kong Country. No, I'm saying like Jumpman. Like Man. Jumpman Donkey Jumpman, Kong. Jumpman Donkey Kong. Okay. Um. Every I'll... everything everything in it. I mean, like it is a beatable game. It has been beaten yeah. before. Yeah, Yeah. yeah. But the the story the ending is that it just glitches out. Yeah. So I kind of like let. Yeah. Let so you that's there. so that that
1: one is difficult because it's an arcade game. So it's not really a selling game. Right. The reason people bought it is because they played it at the arcade. And the motivation for gaming back then is different than that. When was the last time you walked up to someone and say, Hey, what was your high score on? Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I mean, you say, anymore. Did you beat? Did you roll the credits? Did right. you beat the story? Back then. This is why I was saying, like, the era really matters because back then, well, that's, the I'm going to touch on that. The goal was getting a higher score than your friend. There was no story to worry about. The story was the higher score than your right. friend. You're absolutely right, and that was so. That's that. I feel like the second that story became the driving factor in games rather than the high score, that really shifts the media. So, in my
2: eyes, that's that's the, going to be the point that I'm going to hit on the. When you were mentioning generation, I'm not sure if if your mind necessarily went this direction, but generation Mm. is a constraint. And with certain constraints come certain goals. And the reason why that game sold so well was partly because of the constraints that they had and the goals and the intent behind the game. The intent behind the game was to... Drain your quarters. Quarters. Yeah. To make and money. That's how success was going to be measured. Mm-hmm. Um, there was the unintentional success of just the amount of times that particular game has gotten sold mm-hmm. and just how many times it's just passed out for free. Like you can get that game for free right now on the Switch Online thing. Mm-hmm. Um, that's an unintentional success. But because of the technology that was available, the mindset of gamers at the time, the the construction of how the game would be done physically, uh, how they were planning on monetizing it. All these constraints are taken into account when they made that game and it turned out to be super successful. So the point that you hit on before was don't be surprised if your, um, I guess your, your financial goals or your financial Mm -hmm. gain wasn't as high as it could have been. But I would argue that as long as you keep in mind your constraints your goals and in your, and your intent and you stay within budget you will meet those financial goals and even exceed it. Sekiro Shadows Die Twice has sold 2 million copies. Mm-hmm. That's uh 120 million dollars just kind of just a, a number off the top of my mm-hmm. head not considering a bunch of other things and other factors. But they're successful, especially if their budget was below that. They were well, already- Yeah.
1: And uh, like I was, I was saying it under the the lens of now, the lens of now, where a lot of success isn't necessarily, um, because in the gaming industry, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of like bonuses and stuff that come to these developers if they get a certain Metacritic score, which I think is like it's the only industry that does that. It's kind of garbage. It's like imagine if imagine if movie yeah. companies had to
2: go on Rotten Tomatoes scores. Which is low. which yeah, imagine Actually, if I w- their bonuses I would be interested were interested to to know of like Caitlyn's opinion on that like what if something like that were to be employed, what would she like foresee? Yeah. That well, I think topic. anything
1: that's open up to the public like that is going to be a bad idea for you to uh it's a good way to gauge what the public thinks of your game, but it also leaves you open to review bombing. Isn't Medic critic?
2: follow the same like format as rotten tomatoes where like there is a critic takes, score yeah. and a, and a, player, and then and a score. player score yeah yeah and
1: yeah. then there's an aggregate between the two um but yeah it, and you're right about the depending on where their goals are at but it it still i don't think it goes against my point so say you have your goals and you have where you want to be with that game and you're not there because you didn't sell as much because either the game is difficult or it got that, you know, this game is unbeatable, like aura about it. They get that bad, that bad rap. I guess not bad because it just depends on how you like yeah, the game. So well, it could be like, oh, yeah, I got to get that. Yeah, well, fr-
2: From Software has been a killing on each one of their games. Yeah. Since Demon's Souls, the first one before Dark Souls. Um, I think the. So it's, it's,
1: it's so kind of bad. It's hard to it say is. whether it's going to be yay or nay because we don't know what those goals are. We don't know what their numbers projections were, were going to be before. But I think the game. I think at
2: this point with Sekiro being only what two three weeks old now, it's it's definitely a success. It's already on sale uh, though too. Yeah, well, <laughs> I mean, from Software has hit a home run with with their games predominantly mm-hmm. the the thing that I really really s- disagree on was the original article from Forbes saying that because it doesn't have an easy mode it's disrespecting players
1: yeah that I disagree with too and again it's just how you enjoy games if yeah you're right if you feel disrespected in the game then you're obviously well, not having a I, good time I, playing the game I
2: feel like he can't make that statement without understanding From software's perspective and he can't understand from software's perspective without understanding that industry in Japan because from software is a Japanese company Mm -hmm. and he can't like unless he understands that culture extremely well from what I understand which is very little um, having a game that's really really difficult and then selling it to your players and your players beating it and and. And succeeding in it mm-hmm. is a way of showing them like hey we're not holding your hands because we want to treat you in such a way that you can succeed in this mm-hmm. but it's unforgiving it's just a different mindset so I, I really disagree with the whole disrespecting the player base mm-hmm. but from this conversation spawned a new one I'm actually yeah. I'm actually gonna yeah. just take the moment to just plug some info because I had to do some research and I feel like this particular group does not get the recognition that it gets and i have the screen but the oh come on this is bad <laughs> um here no that's not it that's not it okay here we go um i'm just gonna i'm gonna plug this organization because it was really eye-opening and i think it's a conversation that definitely needs to happen the it went from easy mode to accessibility Um, There is a group that has a ton of reading material out there. I tried reaching out to the guy who heads it. He didn't respond yet because he's getting a lot of hate on Twitter and on social media in general. But it's the organization is called Able Gamers. They do a lot of awesome work.
1: They were actually the ones that worked directly with Microsoft in making the new Xbox controller yes. for people with like cerebral palsy and just that controller that you can set up in any kind of way that you need.
2: So we got no connection with Able Gamers. I want to plug that because that's a They're fight. Awesome. It's awesome, awesome and it's a fight worth fighting. If that's something you are interested in. Uh, if you got a gamer in your family or friends that you know has disabilities or you're just interested and you're just interested in that topic, I highly recommend you go to Able Gamers and, and check out their website uh, because they are receiving a lot of unnecessary hate. But the... From the get good crowd? From the get good crowd, <laughs> which is ridiculous. So when we talked about this over, over uh, the messenger, week, yeah. over the week, initially I had a hard time understanding the difference between accessibility and easy game Mm -hmm. it wasn't until i had to sift through all the viratol and everything that's online to understand what they were talking about but like an easy example is like what if there's a different coloring spec on your game that allows for colorblind people to play Mm -hmm. you know especially if depth and tones and things are very critical to success yep you know that that's something there Um, that's the kind of thing that they're looking for in accessibility and the guy in able gamers, I need to remember the Sean, uh, it's Steve, Steve,
1: hold on. I sent it to you.
2: Okay. While you're looking for that, I'll just keep talking. He made it very clear that when they are talking about accessibility, they're not talking about an easy mode. Um, and he feels that Sekiro is not accessible, which I think is a very good argument to make. I think that it would. I mean, I'm totally for it. I don't. I. I don't think that many video game publishers or developers are. Think his about name that. is Steve Spoon. Steve Spoon. Um. Oh, you know what? There, with an H. There was uh-huh. Yeah, there was a. Yeah, he he has been in the limelight because of another accessibility issue that happened with Overwatch, a long time ago. That's a different story. But he um made it very clear that he's not talking about an easy game. Versus accessibility, and I think that's something that video game Mm -hmm. developers shouldn't be afraid to explore at the same time. I also agree with your what you said earlier about there shouldn't be a mandate for what needs to be in or not in a game. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that as far as the easy game goes, the easy mode goes. I think there's a lot of things that need to be taken into account everything from artistic direction Uh, to intent behind the game when it comes to easy mode. So Mm -hmm. one of our favorite games last year, I think we can both agree on this, is God of War. Mm -hmm. God of War is an amazing game. It's also a very story-driven game. And as such, it has a story mode, which Mm -hmm. makes the game incredibly easy. The creator of... Corey Balrog. Corey Balrog. Awesome guy. It's an awesome last name actually (laughs) he has said in a tweet that was dated for april 7th accessibility has never and will never be a compromise to my vision um so like that in in that case in both accessibility and easier games for his vision of god of war it was very successful and that Mm. works versus from software and I'm only talking on the new game aspect. Accessibility, I think, should be explored. Yeah. Uh, but as far as the easy version of the game, I don't think that really fits the story and the things that From Software is going for in their game development. Because I, at least in Bloodborne, which I just recently played and beat, uh, just actually like last month, the difficulty is a, is a story factor, uh, and that's mm-hmm. and, and that's something that's really important to it. There's the whole. You know, you're in a world that's unforgiving and in Dark Souls, the first one, it was the transition between the time of gods to a time of darkness and that transition transcends all mortals. So mm-hmm. you who you're technically a zombie, but you as as a mortal with no special powers trying to make an influence in that world with... Uh, you know, God sized moving parts, the difficulty made a lot of sense and making it kind of like a story mode version doesn't fit from software's narrative. But at the same time, like that just means that's just not your cup of tea. You know, that's not like anything bad. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we should play the board game. I have the Dark Souls board oh, yeah? game and it takes like eight hours to play. Hmm, that'd and be interesting. First time I played it, I died in 20 minutes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so it took 20 minutes. To it play. took 20 minutes to play the first time.
2: <laughs> uh, I don't I, know. I am a lot more, <coughs> I, 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 I was. I'm here. Oh, you're at the plane. <laughs> I actually really liked this soundtrack. I wonder if it's remade. Do you remember oh, OC yes. Remix?
1: I have all of these soundtracks, sir.
2: Do you remember that website OC Remix and they mm-hmm. would take games and like remix it? I, I wonder if they have this song. I would love it. Oh, okay. Now you just put in the crappy Supersonic song. Anyway, in short, I think easy games and, and accessibility within games, that's, that's up to the designer. Um, and we shouldn't criticize it one way or the other. I think accessibility probably needs to be looked at a little more carefully. Yeah. And I think it's total bollocks that the dude from Forbes was like, they're disrespecting their gamers. Because I, I just think that's an ignorant statement. I agree. All right, cool. With that topic done and that's we covered everything man i now i just want to see you just play god mode on sonic
1: <laughs> oh man i forgot that i can move the plane by running on the wing
2: <laughs> um is there anything that we want to plug
1: yes there are actually a couple things um so over on our Facebook page right now, um, we started a uh, basically, I know it's a month late. It's a month late March Madness style challenge. We're trying to discover who you guys think is the best video game fighter in a fighting game. Um, so we have it we have eight selections um, from four different fighting franchises, So Mortal Kombat, Street Fighter, Tekken, and Soul Calibur. And uh, we have a random number generator to put these matchups together. The only stipulation for the first round is someone from Street Fighter isn't going to go up with, against someone from Street Fighter in the first round. Uh, so, but after that, it's going to be free game. Uh, right now, as of recording this, we have up the match between Vega uh, from Street Fighter and Jin from Tekken,
2: which is no competition. Jin wins. And then,
1: uh, don't you sway the
2: voters? Vote, Vote your conscience. Jin.
1: Vote your conscience. Vote Jin. Um, And then the one that uh, came up today is Katana from Mortal Kombat and Mitsurugi from Soul Calibur. Um, So, yeah, go go over to Facebook page. It's Push My Buttons uh, Games, and you can find it there. Um, I have another thing. I will be playing an ad here in a minute for, uh, of course, I clicked off of it, knowing that I was going to talk about this. Um, Our podcast is a member of the Hello Sweetie Podcast Network, and what's up um, sweeties
2: i've been a fan of a like (laughs) you guys for a long time and i still haven't met any of you no i met danielle but yeah
1: um so the utah film center uh is having a fundraising event uh, a screening of napoleon dynamite with the whole cast as well as the directors um so yeah guys go uh go get tickets for that go check that out it's gonna be awesome um you may see us there maybe um
2: also, this is kind of—we're just kind of getting pulling this podcast back up. It will be a mm-hmm. lot more consistent. We're considering twice a month, but I think I'm not sure. It's just going to yep. kind of depend on our schedule. But we will yep. keep up with more often. Yeah, well, it's going to be more often. Um, for those of you in the Salt Lake area, FanX is coming up next week. Mm-hmm. I run the gaming area now. If you were there in September, we had a lot of room and it, we had like eight days to plan that. But we will all have another gaming area and in September we will have more space and I am working on a couple of other things. Um but yeah, uh there's so the FanEx is coming up. We're having a charity. We're working with a program called UCASA, which is the Utah Coalition Against Sexual Assault. They are we're raising. We're going to try and raise as much money as we can to support them. We will be doing that again in September because this is kind of like our practice run. We're trying to figure out what's, what works so that when September rolls around, we can really make a lot of money for them. And all the proceeds will be going towards them on certain things that we're doing. So show support for that. And also Gaming Con is coming up uh end of june Mm -hmm. i know a lot of people on gaming con they're awesome people and they have some pretty awesome guests and awesome programming and Mm -hmm. i will not be able to make the gaming con because i got a wedding to go to
1: i will be there and uh speaking on a few panels don't know exactly what they are yet but uh i will be there um another convention that is happening actually the weekend after no the weekend after um uh, Salt Lake Fanex is Wasatch Comic Con, run by my uh, my buddy Charles, a nerd store. So if you're uh, in the Utah area, go to West Valley. It's it's a Comic Con all about comic creators, which is which is something that needs to be in the in this area. Uh, I know Chad Harden, uh, Philip Seavey, a bunch of a bunch of really good comics creators are going to be there. And you'll see my other podcast uh, will be there, the Nerd Dome podcast. Um, and we're going to be doing a live show, and we're going to be doing a pretty fun game that I think everyone will will enjoy.
2: Also, um, I, for people who have been fans of the Nerd Dome podcast for a while, you would know that I actually had a couple episodes called Mike's Tavern. I've written a couple articles titled Mike's Tavern, but because life is super busy and I just don't have the podcasting equipment, that just I it was unreasonable for me to continue, so we're going to kind of combine Mike's mm-hmm. Tavern with Push My Buttons. Instead of it being video game centric, it will be gaming centric. So next time we will have some more D and D stuff. We're sticking pretty hardcore to the video games though, because I love video games. But with, yeah. there will be some Dungeons and Dragons stuff.
1: Yes, and make sure, we're also going to be putting up. I know all these plugs at the end. We're going to be putting up more videos on YouTube of more gameplay. i uh, will be of, screaming of, uh, at Luke Mike and I, for
2: cheating. It's all right. Sonic.
1: It's all right. <laughs> I'm at like 14 million
2: on my score. <laughs> Holy crap, you are. No, that's 1.4 million. Is it? Oh, yeah. okay. Not as many digits. Um, also, this is my first time on a Hello Sweetie Network podcast. I've just thrown that out there. <laughs> um, yeah, and I think that's it. What all do right, we guys. say when we're done?
1: Thanks for listening. Don't forget to subscribe uh, and check out all our social media and make sure you vote on that poll that we have going up. And we will be doing more. This is just the first of many. Cool. Thanks, everyone. And signing out. See you next time. If you're a fan of comics or even just the movies they're based on check out the funny books and firewater podcast each week brian maya todd and, and adam review a graphic novel and discuss what drinking games should go along with it as well as recommend what adult beverages should be enjoyed new episode drops every monday on itunes google play and stitcher funny
2: books and firewater we're a drinking podcast with a comic book problem